episode 72 of the Jams and Cocktails live podcast. I'm Brad Brock, and I'll be your host this evening. I'm accompanied in the legendary JNC lounge, as always, by my partner in crime, the amazing Miss Jordan Taylor. And joining us via Skype from Orlando, Florida, is our good friend, singer-songwriter, Bob Green. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in live on Facebook, YouTube, and JNC Radio. And thanks to the those of you catching the show later on your favorite podcast platform like iHeartRadio and Spotify. Please be sure to like, follow, share, and subscribe. Tonight on the show, we'll catch up with Bob Green. We'll talk about his new singles and upcoming record, Back to Neverland. He'll be jamming out for all of you. We'll also be diving into the Jordy Files. You'll get your midweek motivation. We'll play a round of Name That Tune. And of course, we'll be putting Bob on the hot seat inside the Lipton Tea. So let's kick off the show with our shot of the week. <laughs> Yeah, well, you guys, this week's Shot of the Week is a twist on an old favorite renamed for our special guest tonight. This is the Bob Green Apple. Yeah. <laughs> and it is one of my favorite shots. Very easy uh, and specific here. Three-quarter ounce of Crown Royal Whiskey, three-quarter ounce of Sour Apple Pucker. Three-quarter ounce of cranberry juice, a splash of club soda, shake it well in ice, and pour it in a shot glass. And then you have what we have here, which is uh, our shots of the week. (laughs) So, Bob, (laughs) cheers, you guys. Thanks to all of you tuning in live. Cheers to all of you, Jordan. Brad, Jordan. Ah, yes. Very (laughs) appley. Well, right on, you guys. If you'd like to join us each week for our Shot of the Week, just head over to jncpodcast.com and click on the Shot of the Week link to see what we're planning, or you can see it in the JNC Podcast mobile app. Well, we're going to get right down into it, you guys. He is a staple of the Orlando music the Orlando music scene. I'm not, I'm not sure where, where I am anymore. The Orlando music scene. He's an accomplished songwriter, having several studio albums to his name, including the upcoming record, Back to Neverland. You guys, check out Bob Green. Bob Green, what's up, dude? Man, it's been it's been too long, too long, and it's good to see you, brother. How you been? I've been good, man. How about you? 
live it live in the dream live in my best life i don't know live live with somebody's dream i guess <laughs> well right on man uh uh, as I mentioned in the last couple of weeks, our, our our viewers and listeners, they're always like, oh, more music, less talk. So uh, we, we kind of meet that happy medium by throwing you straight in there to uh, to give these people a song. What do you think about kicking off the show with a little tune tonight? Got it, man. No problem. Awesome, you guys. It's Bob Green. Back to Neverland. Come to me. 
awesome, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Fantastic voice. You know, I, I have to. I agree with Jordan. I have to agree with Jordan. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I have to say that Peter Pan, the, the whole folklore and the story, like growing up with that story is uh, is near and dear to my heart. So uh, anytime I hear a song, I'm immediately or that that do- deals with Neverland or Peter Pan or Captain Hook or all that. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it immediately tugs at my nostalgia strings, I guess, for lack of better words. But uh, yeah, man, uh, I definitely want to talk more about about that uh, later on here in the interview. But uh, just to give me a tidbit, what set you in motion to put a, put together a song and then su- su- or at the same time a record revolving around that kind of uh, that kind of childhood thing? Oh man, uh, let's just be honest. It's almost legal now. I was really stoned, and <laughs> I I had moved into this house, and I hadn't like put anything up yet. Like I didn't have furniture yet or anything. And, um, I have a bunch of concert posters. Like it's a big like my house is full of art. You can kind of see behind me. Yeah, but a uh, bunch of concert posters, and one of them was from a Pearl Jam show, and it was a pirate. And so I was just playing my guitar and looked at it and just started singing, and then that's what came out. That's awesome. That's that's. I mean, I, I that's the story I wanted to hear. To be honest with you. you know? <laughs> well, awesome, man. Um, just to give our, our viewers some history, because you're a little out of our our normal uh, normal range here, but uh, we we always love good music, and and you got it. So let's uh, introduce yourself to to our viewers and listeners here in in the Treasure Coast. Tell us about. Growing up in Mobile and the early effect that it had on you musically. Oh man, I mean, like you're so close to New Orleans, and we used to go to New Orleans a lot as kids. You definitely have that New Orleans like jazz influence. Like, I mean, I grew up going to Mardi Gras, and when I moved away, I didn't know that Mardi Gras wasn't an everywhere thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, and then there's you know, there's there's that blues culture there too, and me being in Alabama country as well. But I was I was always like a '90s rock like kid, yeah. Like '90s alternative was like my favorite. Kindred spirits. So, oh, well, that's man. awesome, man. Um, so you went to college in Birmingham. So tell us about uh, about that experience because that's what that's where you were originally born, right? And you just kind of grew up in Mobile, and then you went back for college. Yeah, like, yeah, like my family is from Birmingham. We moved to Mobile when I was three. And then I went back to Birmingham for college. Um, I literally just lost a train of thought. What was the like? <laughs> I, was like I yeah. lost the question. I was like, yeah. Yo, was how, was your, how was your experience at college uh, in Birmingham? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, college was rad, man. Like, moving away from home, that was when I learned. Like, I was, I kind of got into surfing. As random as it is being from Alabama, there is surf in Alabama. And that was kind of how I learned how to sing because uh, I think I learned how to sing to Jack Johnson's first record. So I didn't start singing until I was like a junior in college. So I played my first like my first gigs as a junior in college. Like that was that was when I first started singing in front of people. That's awesome. Oh, did you? When did you start learning how to play guitar? Then 
Like I took lessons for like a couple months when I was 13. And <laughs> I was always in trouble. So my parents took my guitar away. So then when I got it back, I didn't know anything. So the most ridiculous away. punishment ever. You're in trouble. So I'm taking away your guitar. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like months before I got my guitar back. So I just kind of taught myself how to play. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I mean, it is. And then it's not like when you're trying to tell your <laughs> band, like, okay, I'm showing you guys a new song. Like what key is this in? No clue, guys. You no fucking clue what key this is in. <laughs> no clue. Oh, man. Well, the craziest turn of events that could possibly have happened to you is after you... Well, let's stay in college for a minute. What did you go to college for? <laughs> Originally, I was a art major, like a photography concentration. Like I had a contract with a gallery when I was in high school. Knowing so you, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And then... Um, I was tired of burnout hippies being my professors, so <laughs> I switched to communications as my major. That's what I graduated with. That's funny. <laughs> hey, man, you gonna take a picture of this uh, flower, man? It's beautiful. No, literally, literally. So, like, the last project that really just like really pissed me off was, was like the the professor was like, okay, so what I want is your inner landscape. And I remember like being really religious at the time and like so I went hiking in this mountain, this waterfall, and kinda of had the Bible like by the waterfall and she was like, That's cheesy. Which, you know. Uh, and then let's like took a picture of like a corset and something some other stuff. I'm like, this makes me think of my grandma and it was like <laughs> and I got an A and I was like, It's all about BS. It's, that's all this is is BS. So I think the next project I just made up some BS. And I got an A. <laughs> Go figure, yeah. right? <laughs> you got to be more artsy than, you know, a Bible and a waterfall, man. Cheesy. That's unbelievable. You should have been like, well, that's what's in my soul, baby. <laughs> oh, so the ironic thing was like my final project was like I took a pictures, took pictures of some naked, like a naked girl with some a guitar. And I made up this BS story that it was all just because, you know, the guitar is so intimate to me. I fall asleep with it all the time so that's why she's nude and really i'm just like girl like naked girls and guitars what more could musicians be into in their early 20s it's literally and I got it's like the dream the bs story <laughs> <laughs> well it, you know the, the biggest takeaway from that that whole experience what it seems like to me is that you figured out how to read people and then react accordingly to to get the desired effect, which is is like sales 101 for sure you probably could have been a great oh, salesman Probably why I'm a bartender now. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> perfect. <laughs> well, the the craziest move I could possibly think of for you is going from Birmingham to good old O Town, <laughs> Orlando, Florida. So, what made you decide on Orlando, and uh, what was your first impression on the music scene there? Um, I actually moved here to go to seminary school. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Yeah, I'm surprised you know that. Like, it's always, it's always I one didn't, of those I you didn't know that like, about you. Make- well, let me tell you. I think I think I met you uh, at least a year or two into uh, you living in Orlando, and um, uh, I, I can't, I could not possibly place you in seminary school. <laughs> yeah, that's what made me move here. And then I started playing. I think I started playing at a restaurant I worked at, and then um, I worked with Jose Leitner. Worked there too. Ah, uh, yes. And- there was an open mic where people were like, 
um, requesting his song. So then all of a sudden I was like, I don't want to just play covers anymore. I want people to request my song. So I wrote, um, I think the first song I wrote ever was Love the Day. And then like a month later, I was in some multi-platinum producer studio because he had me, he was having me sing on the project. And I was just kind of like, okay, all I wanted to do was play covers in a bar. That was, that was all I wanted to do. And all of a sudden it was thrust into that spot. So ever since then, I've been chasing down that high. Uh, yeah, that is, it's basically the, the highest high that you could possibly get, <laughs> especially when you only thought that you're just going to be like a lounge singer. And then, uh, and then you get, you get a taste of that, man. Well, I'm certainly glad that you followed uh, and continue to follow that route, man. Cause your music is, is awesome. I definitely want to talk about uh pop versus soul a little bit later on too, because definitely to date, some of my favorite tunes from you are on that record. Um, but uh, so you got to Orlando uh, tell us a little bit about your first record, Diamonds and Dead Roses, and then we'll talk about Pop vs. Soul. Um, I mean, that was just the first collection of songs I wrote. And then, you know, through, I think after after Satellite broke up, that was the band I was in with Jose Leitner. I was the bass player for that band. Um, and, like, we had gotten signed by that same multi-platinum producer. And then when that band broke up, I took a little time off and then, started working on my own stuff again and made that first little record with a couple friends. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some song, there's two songs, there's a couple songs in there. I really like, and there's, there's a bunch of look back now and I'm like, God, could you be any more whiny or <laughs> you're in good company, man. You're join the club. <laughs> um, I do want to touch base a little bit on, you know, Jose Leitner, for those of you in Orlando, obviously that are tuning in Jose and, and those that, uh, that are not, uh, from Orlando, Jose Leitner, um, the James Boyd band was his group that was uh, was very well known in Orlando. Was your group before or after uh, the James Boyd band? Satellite was um, James Boyd, Jose's um, band for years. Like he was in that band when I moved when I when I first moved here, mm-hmm. and I heard them play out. And I was like, man, I love those guys. I want to be a part of that band. And then their bass player quit. And Jose was just like, hey, man, like, would you want to start opening for us and then play bass for us? And I was like, okay, sure. And then, you know, all of a sudden, we got signed by um, was it Gary Carolla. Oh, yeah. And he, like, that was, when, that was when Satellite broke up. And then when Satellite broke up, Gary put the James Boyd band behind him. I gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, because I... Uh- I was a little late to the game getting to Orlando. Um, I was out causing chaos around the world. Uh, not even around the world. Let's be honest. I was just causing chaos across the, the East Coast. No direction. I was definitely like a, a loose cannon. But uh, <laughs> Orlando was my, my stop for a while, which is when I met you guys. Um, and, of course, you know, I was introduced then to Big Ten Four and Bob Green and the James Boyd Band and Sugar Free Music and Union Made and all, all those uh, names that, uh, uh, with the exception of you, are are not very are not heard very often in Orlando anymore. Unless I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm I don't I'm not I don't even think I'm a really a part of this the Orlando music scene. Honestly, like I kind of don't think. I'm a part of this, but yeah, man, like I miss playing with like Tim Springer and yeah. 
Liz Cass and doing shows like Union Made at Jake and Mickey's. Man, the Jake and Mickey's days, dude. Oh, dude, we could, we could have an entire episode just going on about all the times we'll never remember at Jake and Mickey's. <laughs> the time you got sucker punched in the worst bar fight in history I've ever seen break out. Oh, my God. Oh, is that what? Oh, no. What was that? I was going to say, is that with the security guard or the door or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that, was there? that, that was the one. Oh. Were, were you there or were you one of the ones that saw it on the security film afterwards? No, it was funny. I played down the street, actually. I think it was Friday's. Like, I had a cover gig at that Friday's down the street, and I showed up, like, right before it happened. And I was pretty, like, lit at this point. Like, I was, I was pretty tipsy. <laughs> You and everybody and, else in, in Jake and Mickey's at that point. Yeah, so like I was acting on the other side of the bar with Jose, and then it started, and I see Jose jump over the bar, and I was like, I'm too drunk to jump over the bar. This will be over in 30 seconds, is what I thought, and uh, then it wasn't. So then I ran over there, and then by that time, like those dudes were running out the front door. But yeah, no, I was there. I was there for that. The worst part was it was such a it was such a progressive instigation that you know it wasn't just like a you know oh you bumped into me let's fight like it, it had been going on for an hour or more before it finally came to a head and then uh why don't you give the spark notes edition of the story okay. for our listeners spark notes edition of the story for our listeners <laughs> <laughs> and to reminisce about old jacob mickey's um yeah uh me and and my boys my roommates my my friends uh we're all just kind of hanging out watching a baseball game on tv we had just gotten like our second round of beers normally in jake and mickey's were three sheets to the wind this particular evening we were just kind of hanging out um and there was these two girls sitting next to us one girl was talking to one of our friends i'm not trying to drop to name drop on anybody out there um uh, <laughs> and uh all of a sudden this guy came up and let my friend know that those girls were with him and uh my friend drew patron was uh <laughs> wow wait a minute perfect <laughs> he was like he's like yo man i don't care who they're with like it's fine whatever and uh and then he tapped drew and he was like no you don't understand they're with me and he's like dude if you don't get out of my face and uh, he didn't like that he ran out and came back with a bunch of his boys we knew that there was going to be a problem they uh, went into the bathroom, which was right right behind us. They One guy came out, and like I was the first casualty of that whole event. He came right out, and he sucker punched me in the back of the head. Oh, and no. I grabbed the bar, and I turned around, and I threw him into a table. And... And and you know, and then fun ensued. It was it was it was great. Wow. <laughs> yes, you know, old Jake and Mickey's times. <laughs> Yeah, and then the whole place erupted, and uh, and it was just wild after that. It was, like, it was after two, so it was like, at that point, it was after closing, so there wasn't a lot of people left in there. Like, like I had shown up right at two, and I think we had already, like, it was like that, not the main front door, but the other little door that you would load out of right. by the stage, that was still unlocked, and that was the door they came in, and yeah, and then they that was the door they ran out of. Yeah, it was wow. the, the the bad part was they left one guy behind, and he got tuned up real bad. He got yeah. He he did yeah. not he did not leave and go home. He went to the emergency room, I think. Oh my gosh! And if he didn't go, he should have gone because oh yeah, no, he sh- he should have gone. It was it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about uh, good times. Sounds that, like Roadhouse. So, yeah, Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about pop versus soul because this was this was several years after Diamonds and Dead Roses, and um, you know I, I recall watching the journey of this record come to fruition. Uh, reading your posts about going up to Nashville and recording with these different people, and I'm going to tell you, Bob, that record sonically is one of the best pieces of music that I've that I've heard come out in general man really really well done really well produced so tell us about pop versus soul so the gap between the first record and that record there's actually i have two records that came out i just wasn't happy with the production like looking back on it it's it's one of those things where you're like is this what i want my representation of myself to be online so i, I let those records fall offline but um i got picked up by this company out of Atlanta. And they were just kind of like this. They weren't a record company. They were like a media entertainment company. And the first thing they asked me to do was do a show to open for DJ Hurricane. Which if you don't know who that is, that was the Beastie Boys DJ. Gotcha. So all of a sudden I'm like on stage with the guy who was in like a guy who was in the Beastie Boys. I'm like, that's pretty cool. So the owner of the company, like, I would go do shows with them. They would take me on a tour bus to go do shows. And um, the owner of the company was like, hey, man, I, th- I think you do really well, in the- and really well in the country music world. And I was just kind of like, I don't like country music, man. It's not my thing. He's like, you don't have to like it. Like, you can just write it. Like, all these people, like, all these big stars, they don't write their own songs. I, like, I didn't know that. It's true, so, yeah. So I, I didn't know any of that. So um, he was like, hey, go home and... Uh, part of their funding came from um, they would teach at Full Sail. So, like, part of me being signed with them and them doing stuff for me was I had to be part of these classes. So, like, I had to do a co-write in front of a class. And then he was like, all right, we're going to have a pitch meeting. Um, I need you to go home and write me five pop country tunes. And we're going to make work tapes of them on Monday. And then on Tuesday, you have a pitch meeting. And I'm like, my first attempt, I had a solid bite at a pitch meeting and I'm just kind of like, okay, I get this. I've, I've analyzed it pretty well. Like I can do this. So started listening to country music, started like finding like old school, soulful country that I, that I really dug people like Stapleton, Jason Isbell, like uh Sturgill Simpson, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. So I was like, well, that company kind of bounced on me out of nowhere. Like, they're like, yeah, we really like this tune this guy wrote. Like, I could pitch this to Florida toward the line. I could pitch it to Luke Bryan. I'm just sitting there like, cool. So they, here's some rewrites we want you to do. Go do these rewrites. And then the company bounced on me. Oh, no. So I just kind of like was like, well, I'm going to put out a record, but I don't want to put out a record of, of music that I'm not really into, but I want to show that I can do it. So that was the whole idea behind the record. Like, I'll do a record of like half, like kind of soulful, old school kind of country feel and then a record of half like you know pop country it, it was i'm telling you bob it was great man i listened to it on repeat when it came out uh was it 2016 when that record came out yeah it was, i think it was about five it was five years ago because that the little facebook memory came up that i was doing a kickstarter <laughs> for that record five years ago Dude, I, I tell you what, I, I don't know if I'd remember anything if I didn't have Facebook memories. I don't know what's going to happen to the total sum of human history if Facebook servers ever go blank. <laughs> like, we're going to have a major problem. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about your band, The Whiskey Conspiracy. 
Um, like, what do you want to know about them? Like, what in particular? Yeah, man. You know? So you you went you went from being a you know obviously in a band with Jose as you mentioned, um, and then kind of doing your solo thing. What made you decide that you wanted to get into a band and and just the personnel that you kind of acquired along the way, including our good friend Bobby Fazioli? Um, I mean, like you know, it's it's just one of those things. Like I've been in. I've been a bunch of bands. Like I've had my own bands because there's times where people are like, we want a full band. Like, okay, cool. Let me throw together some people real fast. I mean, there was an FMF show where I think I put together a band about a week before the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> and people were kind of like, man, how long have you guys been playing together? I'm like, well, I actually like just met these people online a week ago. And then we had our rehearsal a couple hours ago. Oh, God. <laughs> so, that was kind of always how they did this, this, this group of musicians, um, is kind of people I've been playing with, uh, over the years, like through, you know, different bands I've had, like Ted who plays acoustic guitar has been playing with me for years. Bobby, we've been in a bunch of bands together. I was a bass player for one of, one of Bobby's bands. Um, our keyboard player got brought in by my old drummer. My violin player, Emily, she's been, she's been one of my best friends for years. We've been playing together for a while. And then everybody else on the record, like Jesse Martin, Brian Chodacroft, um, and then Jeremy Hagen are all just guest musicians. That I was, I'm always a big fan of their work. So that's awesome, man. Well, it, it, it's you know, like me and Bobby go way back. I've, there's many, many nights uh, that I did some serious drinking over at Bobby's house over on York Meyer. And uh, if if you haven't been to York Meyer or you never were, you missed out on an era. That's for sure. (laughs) But I think he even had shirts made for that address. Like it was. Yeah, he had a bunch of shirts made for that address for everyone that ever lived there. And I had my 10381 York Meyer court shirts. But (laughs) it was wild, man. His house was the craziest shit ever. Um, But yeah, that's awesome, man. and I'm glad that to, that you're you're still kind of keeping with with a similar lineup now with the same same kind of personnel. How long has this lineup been together? Obviously, minus you know uh, 2020 and all that terribleness. You know, it's weird, man, because this, this lineup only really came together shortly shortly before this mess happened. Like it was kind of one of those things where I never had a consistent lineup. I mean, you know, being an adult and having a band, it's kind of like. You know, hey guys, we have a show, and you know somebody's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be out of town for work, or right. you know, got kids, whatever." So this is one of those things where I had a little like trio, and then Emily got brought into the fold, and then we added David, the keyboard player, and me and Bobby weren't playing together at the time, but um, there was a show my bass player couldn't make, and so I was like, I asked Bobby, he's like, "Hey, do you want to cover bass for me?" And he was just like, "Yeah." And after the show, he's well, I want to keep playing bass. And then it kind of put me in the spot where I was like, crap, what do I do? You know, I want to call my other bass player. Like, he lost his job. So I asked him to move to acoustic guitar, which is what I did. And then I started playing electric guitar, you know, to add more of a, more accent pieces to the songs and right, right. add another sonic dimension to it. And I just love the way that we sounded together, like, as a whole on stage. I, was like, I, lo- I love how this sounds. And Pop versus Soul was made with like Nashville studio musicians. Right. And this girl was just kind of like, I like how we sound live. So let's just go in the record. Let's go in the studio and do the record the way that we play these songs live. And that's kind of how it happened. And, you know, unfortunately, like COVID pushed, stopped us playing shows. And then uh, my fiddle player just moved to Canada. 
that was a bummer. So that was like <laughs> in era for this little family, but oh well, you know that's the thing about family though is you 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 keep in touch and Canada. Why? Why was it for a boy? I'm sure it was for a boy. Man, like no, like her and her dude lived down here. She just she wanted to get out of the states. I think I think the last few years has been a lot of been a you know been a very polarizing. Let's say polarizing for. That's a that's a fair term, yeah. So a lot of people just kind of I think wanted to get out of just the negativity that's around a lot. You know, sometimes it's sometimes even now like there's you know a lot of negativity here. Yeah, it's, it's emotionally yeah. draining, man. Like it really it really is. Like emotionally, yeah. spiritually, like it's it's a like, lot. Like, we we've debated France and Costa Rica, like just kind of like you know use a change, just more mellow kind of different frame of mind, but also love florida yeah <laughs> it's almost like we, we it would be nice if florida would just detach detach from like uh the rest of the states and just kind of be an island the florida island i mean we have the we have the keys which is is i guess as close to the the, the florida islands as we're gonna get but true <laughs> um uh, I know we were just talking off air a little bit about your sponsorship with Moniker Guitars. I guess uh, they 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 closed their doors, but tell us about getting that sponsor. It's always like uh, every musician's dream is to get sponsored by somebody and get some cool shit and um, and get your name on their website and that whole nine yards. So just uh, take us through that journey of of how you you, you connected with them and and what what you got and what you gave and and uh what what the overall outcome was for that sponsorship so they were like a like a custom builder like they would build everything from scratch um uh so they were just kind of saying hey we're looking we're looking to start an artist roster send them some stuff they messaged me back and at the in the time it was like right after i'd gotten on the cover of a gopro box wait so, I'm so- hold 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 up <laughs> Let's put, let's put a pin. Let's put a pin in that story, uh, and we'll finish with Monica guitars, and then we're going to talk about the GoPro. I did not know about. Maybe I did. Maybe I did, but I don't know anything in depth about it. GoPro box. All right, Monica guitars, and then we're talking about GoPro. Well, so like I sent them the you know I was like, hey I was going to cover this box you know here's here's some of my music, and they were just like okay yeah um, we want to bring you on so. They were like, go on our site, design a guitar, and we'll build it. So, yeah, they sent me a guitar that, that I designed. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> I want uh, anybody. I don't. Need, it could be a third grader if I if I designed a guitar and they built it for me. That's amazing. So, uh, well, tell us a little bit about the guitar. I know. I, I think. I think it's. Is it the one that's that's in this picture? Yeah, it's it's Tellyish. Is it that it's one there? Yeah, it's that one. Oh my god, it's beautiful, dude. So like a semi hollow body telly kind of with dual humbuckers. It's awesome. It's got really good. It's got really good sustain. Like we were tracking in the studio, and my engineer just like, God, that guitar is sustained so well. It's like cool. It rings forever. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, so yeah, well, do you know any 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 history about Moniker? Or why they why they dissolved, or were they just kind of like a small custom build shop? There was a small custom built shop, and it you know it was basically another musician too. So it was like, well, I think when he went out on tour, I think the other the other half of the thing just couldn't keep up, so they just dissolved the company. I think is kind of what happened because 
as far as I know. Well, it sounds like you got a badass. Uh, you, you at least got the, the better end of the stick there with a badass guitar. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to get a, you know. Hell no. Max, man. Okay. Okay. So now the moment that we've been waiting for for just one minute. Uh, tell us about being on the cover of a GoPro box. I know that I, I know because I know you that you are a GoPro enthusiast. It's all over your Instagram and your and your social media, all your GoPro shots with surfing and all these other things. Uh, so tell us how how you got on the box. So they started this whole like music campaign, like, and they started coming up with mounts for being on stage, like mounts you could stick to your instrument that wouldn't damage your finish, like like um, clip mounts you could clip to your headstock, mic stand mounts, like all this stuff. And that they like started this whole music thing. And then I was playing a show and I had it like clipped to my headstock with this little neck thing coming off of it. And I just posted it to my Instagram with like hashtag GoPro music. And I, I get an email. It was actually the second time they'd emailed me about a photo that they wanted to buy. And they were just like, Hey, we, we want to buy this. I was like, okay, <laughs> like we'll send you a brand new GoPro. I was like, man, a $400 camera for a selfie. <laughs> so i'll take it so finally i signed the contract they didn't tell me what they're gonna use it for like six months later i see the, the new the new gopros are coming out so i'm on the website i'm scrolling down and it was like the music edition box the mic stand mount the instrument mounts and i'm looking at it i'm like dude that's me on the front cover <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible man yeah it's awesome. so i'm like calling gopro i'm like hey can i just get that box I'm like why do you want the box I'm like because i'm on the front cover and so you're talking to these customer service people like no way uh uh-uh. like yeah, yeah yeah like that's me on the cover they bought this photo for me but they didn't tell me they were going to use it for i mean you could put the gopro in the box and send me the box but you know i just i definitely want the box yeah, I mean, like, I saw, cool. there was emails back and forth for a few months about possibly getting a sponsorship out of them, but again, it was just it was those emails that just kind of, like, fizzled out after a while. Sure, yeah. I can't believe they wouldn't tell you they were going to use the photo. That's crazy. They told me that they might use it for uh, something. Sneaky. They didn't tell me what. Like, they said that we might use it for something, so I thought it might be, like, on a packaging amounts where the photo is real tiny. Yeah. Actually, the main photo on the box like the big photo on the box. And I was like, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'll have to find that image. I'll yeah. have to find it. We'll post it to our social media. That's, that's cool, man. I did not know that story. I knew something about it, but I didn't know that full story. Huh. Cool. Um, the biggest thing to talk about is back to Neverland, your upcoming record. Tell us about the singles that you've released just recently. I think there's three out now, and uh, and we do- we dove a little bit into it in the beginning of the uh, the interview here. But tell us about you know the conception of the record and uh, and what it's all about for you. Okay, uh, conception of the record was um, you know you know like when you're as a songwriter, I mean Brad, you know mm-hmm. like. If you have something in the back of your mind, it might come out a lot in the theme. Mm-hmm. So for me, as I was like, I'm approaching 40, starting to get to that, like. <laughs> That's my ominous noise. <laughs> so starting to go from that, like uptick of life to where you're going to be on the, 
on the downslope of it. I think like for a little bit, I was a little obsessed with my mortality and not just my like actual mortality, but my musical mortality. Like how long do I keep doing this? You know, how long do I keep like investing butt tons of money into making records? Cause making a record is not cheap. Right. So I kind of was just, I guess thinking about that a lot. So when I was writing songs, that theme started to come out where it was like, all of them were about different stages of death. Like we're back to Neverland kind of had this like death of your childhood heroes kind of feel. Um, the flame, which is out now, kind of had like a death relationship and then time to go is about accepting like your own mortality, like throughout life. So it kind of like the whole record has this flow from like childhood to kind of redemption at the end is kind of the way I wrote the record. That's awesome, man. That's very exciting. I'm I'm excited to hear it from front to back, but uh, the singles that have just come out are are dope, man. And it's so funny. Uh, I just listened to Time to Go today. I got an opportunity to sit down and listen to it, and I have I have a song called When the Song Is Done, It's Time to Go on my latest record, and it even has that kind of that kind of snare like. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Bob Green's stealing my shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, so I listened more intently than I maybe normally would have and realized that it's a, a, a very different song, but I, I found it very, very cool and interesting that we would have uh, similarly titled songs with a, with a, with a similar feel, uh, but kindred spirits, as they say. But uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I think it's a great, concept to go from like cradle to the grave kind of you know feeling and i mean back to neverland never growing up it's kind of a almost a what's the word i'm looking for jordan uh, like a, the opposite of of that whole idea of growing up or growing old like benjamin button kind of reverse like <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, like, it's so weird because I think, like, most people my age have kids and, like, I don't. Like, I went to Disney today. That was what me and my wife did. We went to Disney and awesome. rode rides and it's like, we're just giant kids that get to drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the things I miss about Orlando is being able to pop over to Universal. Yeah. Like, and I just, just went to Disney today. Yeah. No. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> well, listen, man. Um, tell us about uh, is is there a planned release date? I know that there is a that there's a Kickstarter going and that there's a an end to the Kickstarter coming up. But is there a release date for the record where people could be looking out for it? Um. So right now, we're just waiting. I'm right now, as far as a digital uh, release, I'm just waiting on my engineer producer to finish mixing the record, like. Um, the, the three songs that are singles right now, like they weren't the, my first choice for singles. Like I love, I love the whole record. I feel they like were the just the record. ones that were done first. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, man. That, that's how it went. That's like, cause I would have picked back to Neverland to be the first single, but, um, he finished doing the whites first. And I was just like, this song sounds like, doesn't sound anything like the rest of the record. Like it's very like hard rock kind of WJR ish. But I really dug it, so I was like, screw it, just put it out, and then whatever song he makes next will be the next single. So <laughs> he did the flame next and I really like I really like how that came out. 
Yeah, um, definitely a departure from the first single, um, which, by the way, this is a shameless plug before shameless plugs. Uh, the Whites is spinning on our companion internet radio sto- show, JNC Radio, which plays 24 hours a day. So you are featured on there, uh, Mr. Green. Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. I really, I really, really did like Time to Go. So I think that one's going to go into rotation next. On I like The Flame, too. But Time to Go, I was like, okay. I mean, it may be only because I was I, I was peaked. I was like, oh, I need to listen harder to this. I'm going to have to listen to them side by side now. Like, <laughs> just I think the- mine originally was just kind of like, again, it was one of those things where I was just screwing around on the guitar. And I think, like, I think I, I even made a video about this the other day because I was, I've, I've been making videos kind of like little backstories of writing the songs and, and then my reaction to hearing them out of the studio for the first time, just trying to like, trying to be a promoter. Like I, that's the part of being a musician that I hate. Like, I don't uh-huh. like the talking about myself part, but, um, I'm, I'm trying to make myself do it. But that, I think the original chorus was like, all you need to save my soul is some good rock and roll or something, something like that, something cliche. And then I had to start listening to the rest of the lyrics and like, okay, what is this song really about? I was like, oh, okay. And so then it, then it evolved to what it is now. That's awesome, dude. Well, when you listen to mine, uh, keep this in the back of your head. The song is about the fact that I played a cajon drum with, uh, with a kick drum pedal and uh, I didn't, I didn't have a carpet or anything, so I would play it, and it would literally just skip, skip across the floor in front of me, and I'd have to like reach my foot all the way out to finish the song, and then I'd have to bring it back, <laughs> and I'd have a little tambourine strapped to my other foot. And uh, the early days of my one-man band show, which has evolved tremendously to now, uh, I've gotten a lot smarter in terms of keeping things stationary. But uh, yeah, so you listen to that and you'd be like, oh, this is a heart wrenching song. No, no, no. It's about a drum running away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had a drummer that would do that like every time. He would be like, oh, I forgot to bring a rug. So you'd like kick drums sliding away. <laughs> yeah, chasing drums the entire night. <laughs> I feel it. I feel his pain. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, man. I'm such a bad, like, I'm not a good guitar player. So people that can play drums and play guitar, like with their feet and play guitar and sing at the same time, just that's mind blowing to me. It really just covers up for me being so hideously ugly. And uh, that's oh. why I do what I do. <laughs> oh, man. No. Thank you, Jordan. I was waiting for that. <laughs> you get a point. Um, <laughs> uh uh, where am I at here? Uh, there, was, there was something else I wanted to ask you, man, before we before we moved on here, but um, but it slipped my mind. Uh, I do want to ask: Do you have any any shows planned? Anything coming up with the band or solo? Um, I I mean, obviously, we're going to work on doing an album release at some point. Which, oh yeah, that was the thing you asked me in. I'm totally off track. Um, so the digital release hopefully will be out in the next couple of weeks. Just waiting on it to be mixed and mastered, and then yes. we'll upload that. Um, and then as soon as the Kickstarter is done, and I know whose names I have to put on, you know the thank yous. We're gonna order the vinyls. So as soon as the vinyls get back, then I'll start getting that to, out to everybody. And then I was talking to Melissa Crispo. She's got a new record coming out. Maybe doing a like a like a joint uh, album release. So I might wait a month or two for her album to get done. So that's the next thing I'm planning on, actually. 
That's awesome. Well, definitely keep me posted, man. I, we'd love to come up and uh, and be there for that. So we'll we'll make arrangements to make it work. Play, man. I'd love to have you play. Well, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, twist my arm, right? <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, if you're down, I'm I'm always down to have you play. Like, like I said, that that night of the yacht club was probably one of my favorite shows. Oh my god, that that night was wild, man. I, the first night was really good because I think I did, I did two shows there with you. Um, the first one w- was really good. The second one, man, I played too late. I got w- I got wildly drunk uh, before before my set time came up. But I believe that was the one with um, with Brett and was was Tim Springer at that one or was he at the first one that we did no, the song right around? I don't remember. Like, cause I did I did two, and I thought I think yeah, you're part of both of them. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy CJ, my guy, did my um, sleeve. He's a pretty good singer guitar player. I think he was at one of them. Yeah, I don't remember which other one it was. Oh, that was such a such a great venue, man. I mean, it, in a, the weirdest place ever with the worst parking ever. I think the, the last time we were there, Jordan <laughs> Jordan showed up late because she was coming from work and she like parked where everybody else was parking. But by the end of the night, like we had friends in from uh, from England, so they had like carpooled there or they got like an Uber. So we all just piled into my car and I was like, oh, it's fine. We'll just come back and we'll grab your car in the morning. And uh, (laughs) we come back and that whole area is like this industrial area. And her car was parked right in front of a chain link gate, like clearly into a business. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that you didn't get towed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like right in the middle of the entrance. Yeah, I was I was blown away. I was like, "That is so lucky!" Oh man, yeah, we got we ended up at like Tanqueray's that night to see the Bloody Jug Band, uh, and, and it just yeah, there was people were throwing up everywhere in the bar. You know how Tanqueray's is, man. Yes, uh, it, dude, it yeah. was. And the folks from England wanted desperately to go to Denny's or something. They're like, oh. "We don't have Denny's, and we just love Denny's." I don't even remember. Or that. was it IHOP? One or the other. I don't, I don't even remember. know. <laughs> so we ended up there too. Oh, that 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 was a uh, that was a crazy night, man. We we should have a yacht pub reunion. Uh, it doesn't even have to be there on like, a yacht. Just, yeah, maybe on a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> we're at a at a at a proper yacht club. We just I don't know. Just thinking, just yeah, old, old, old man thinking. Like, your song like Yacht Pub, I was like, did you write this about the Yacht Pub? Now let's do it. I'm like, oh, this sounds like it's a classy joint. But it's definitely <laughs> no, man. Uh, it's funny. Like, I really, I wrote the song about a, a few of the tiki bars that I perform at regularly, but I had to include like the Yacht Pub is just such a such a fun name, and it's so. Explanatory, like you know, it's 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 not high class. You know, you don't need a membership to get in. You you know, like the dress code is flip flops and tank tops, and you know, just a total dive bar, man. And that's what the yacht pub was and embodied. And I I miss it. I miss it. I do too. It was like my favorite place to play. You might play, and it might be dead. And then at one thirty in the morning, here comes like fifty people. Yep. Drunk, gotta go on. <laughs> <laughs> Must go on. Must go on. <laughs> oh man, well that's awesome, dude. We got more uh, fun stuff coming up with you here, but uh, I think we're going to get another tune from you if you're ready. Coming up next, we're gonna dive into the Jordy Files. But how about another tune from Bob Green? 
All right, I guess I'll I guess I'll do the flame.
McLean. Well, tell us a tell us a little bit about that tune. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, this is based on the idea of maybe being in a relationship and not knowing, like that you that you're not happy in, and not knowing how to end it. That's all it's about. Yeah. I think I was listening to a lot of Jason Isbell at the time. Oh God, every track from that man, genius. And and a wonderful entertainer, but uh, yeah, saddest songs ever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's such a good songwriter, and I think like just like just listening to him and the way he forms like his chord progressions and stuff, I think it was just kind of like heavily heavy on my mind, like jamming his stuff. And I don't know, I think that was kind of on my mind when I wrote that song. Awesome, awesome, man, make me cry. What is it? Uh, our friend Jamie, she <laughs> she said. Uh, what is what was the what was her quote? She was like, "I I don't I don't feel good until uh until you feel bad, like or something like that." I don't. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, that's her philosophy on songwriting. Like, uh, I'm not flying until you're crying. I don't I don't know some, <laughs> some nonsense. I might be making that up now, but <laughs> all of those work. All of those work. Oh man, uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, where are we at here? I've lost my place. Anyway, you guys, each week, <laughs> the amazing Jordan Taylor takes us on a whimsical journey through On This Day music history, celebrity birthdays, departures, gossip, news, national days, and more. Ooh. Ooh, you guys, this is the Jordy Piles. Oh, Jordy, what you got going on? Oh, so much. And folks, at the you are going to want to stick around because <laughs> <laughs> there is a special treat at the end of the Jordy Files today. And on that note, today, Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021, born on this day, uh, in 1936 was Otis Williams, singer from the doo-wop group, ground, nope, group, group, the charms. <laughs> Hold on. Reading let is me, fun. Let me try this again. <laughs> Rewind. Uh, 1936 was Otis Williams, singer from the doo-wop group, the charms. Got it. <laughs> American singer-songwriter Jimmy Jones was born today in 1937, was known for his... 60s hits good timing and handyman he passed away in 2012 um at the age of 75 motown songwriter janie bradford was born on this day in 1939 her song money was recorded both by the beatles and the rolling stones twofer twofer and then born today in 1941 was charlie watts drummer from the rolling stones in 2006, he was elected into the Modern Drummer Hall of Fame. I wonder if Paul knew that. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> uh, give him a drum roll. <laughs> Congrats, Charlie. Um, the Pips singer 
William Guest was also born today in 1941. Um, they had a big hit with a version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine, but are most notable for their time with Miss Gladys Knight um, and songs like Midnight Train to Georgia and The Way We Were. Guest died in 2015 at the age of 74. Um, Chubby Tavares from the funk soul group Tavares turns 76 today. Michael Steele, bassist for the Bengals, turns 66 today. Is her name really Michael? Michael. Oh. That's correct. Rebellious. She (laughs) scored the 80s hits Manic Monday and Walk Like an Egyptian jams. And then, born today, Be Real, rapper from Cypress Hill, was born today in 1970. And last but not least, turning 41 today is the Strokes drummer Fabrizio Moretti. Ole. Ole. (laughs) And then on this day in music history, in 1962, Owen Gray's Twist Baby became the first single released on Island Records, which became the home to bands like Jethro Tull, Bob Marley, and U2. Also on this day in 1962, Ray Charles hit number one with the ballad, I Can't Stop Loving You. Frank Sinatra's Strangers in the Night went to number one today in 1966. Today in 1973, Paul McCartney hit number one on both the album chart and single chart with Red Rose Speedway and My Love. Just three years later, Paul and Wings set a new world record performing in front of 67,100 fans, the largest attendance for an indoor crowd. Could you guys imagine performing for 67,000 people? I'd be happy to perform in, I don't know, in front, in of, front of 67 in, people. Yeah, 67 people would be <laughs> great. What about you, Bob? Could you imagine? Dude, yeah. That's a lot. Um, Bob, I've played some shows for five people, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pay, I've played shows for less, but you've done some FMF shows, man. You've had some pretty good crowds out there. Yeah, I mean, I think the last show we did that was really fun was the final for this battle of the bands we did with one of three point one, the Wolf. That was a packed house at um. I can't really think of the name of the, the the spot. It's 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 in it's where the eye is. It's one of those spots. Ooh. Oh yeah. Um, down on like I drive or something like that. It's not quite I drive, but it's it's one of those those music spots they put there, and it was a packed house at night. And it was really fun, so we went on last. It was a good show. Awesome, nice. awesome. All right, Jordan. Um, yes. Yeah, so that was the largest attendance for an indoor crowd. And then on this day in 1979, Donna Summer went to number one with Hot Stuff. Today in hot, hot, hot. Oh, oh. (laughs) Joint collaborative effort here. And then today in 2002, it was reported that Paul McCartney had thrown his fiance's engagement ring out of a hotel window. Luckily, resort staff eventually found the $25,000 ring. Oh, just a drop in the bucket, just to drop out the hotel window. I feel like $25,000 is pretty cheap for Sir Paul, isn't it? Wow. 
And this, <laughs> all of you I that all, all of you that keep harassing me out there, this is what I have to look forward to. You <laughs> no tea, no shade. But like, <laughs> no, but for him, you know, I'd be happy with twenty five dollars. But you know, oh, good to know. Yeah, you think it'd be good like two hundred fifty million or something. oh sure, just quarter billion dollars for a, for an engagement ring. <laughs> She I mean, he's, been, he's been married a lot for that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, clearly she wasn't the one. <laughs> so side note, I did get to see him front row dead center uh, years oh. ago. Amazing. Was it amazing? Oh, God, yes. Did you cry? <laughs> I, I mean, my wife did, but I did <laughs> cry. But it was, it was pretty amazing to watch a Beatle front row dead center and like, you know, a packed stadium. That would be a yeah. surreal moment. Yeah. Amazing. Can't even imagine. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't even mean to do that, but that's good. See, I'm just awesome. And then. <laughs> and modest, too. I know, if I do say so myself about myself. Um, and then we have to, we have a departure on this day in 2008, blues legend Bo Diddley passed away of heart failure at his home in Archer, Florida. He was 79 years old. We lost Bo Diddley in 2008. Bo Diddley. Oh, man. The coolest name legend. ever. Bo Diddley. Besides that other one that I like, what's the other name? Uh, Cooter. No, yeah, no, not that one. <laughs> Engelbert Humperdinck. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> uh, and then, folks, the moment you've all been waiting for. Brad, I need a drum roll again, please. Oh, God, here we go. So it is National Day, folks. And as you all know, we like to celebrate Nationals Day here on the show. And today is no different. Here to show you how we celebrated the multiple national days of today is our very own Brad Brock. Cue oh. the video clip, clip, please, Brad. <laughs> Does it say what the national days were no. in your notes? Uh, what was it? I, I think it was National Oh, yeah, I guess it's good to give a little preface on that, isn't it? Yeah, it was today, uh, uh, today was National Leave Leave Your Office Early Day, or Leave the Office Early Day, which is everybody's favorite day, right? Yeah. Uh, it was also uh, National Running Day, which is the first Wednesday of each, or, or first Wednesday of June each year, and it was also National Rocky Road Ice Cream Day. So, uh, yeah, that's a good preface. Yeah, that's is yeah helpful delicious preface yes <laughs> so yeah what, what did we have what, what, what did you want me to cue up <laughs> oh cue the video clip please brad oh boy here you guys go enjoy good morning listeners it's a beautiful day out there a wonderful day for national running day so lace up those sneakers because it's also leave the office early day national running day and National Leave the Office Early Day. I should mention that today is also National Rocky Road Day. Wait, what? Oh, 
fucking ridiculous. It's my favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> happy National Running, National Leave the Office Early Day, and National Rocky Road Day. <laughs> Someone on YouTube said, um, running out of the office on a rocky road. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. And Brad has promised to make a national video video every single day for the rest of the year, folks. So, Oh, well, oh, oh, oh. I, well, I guess it sealed with an applause. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That would be an awesome challenge. Talk about an advent calendar, huh? Uh, all right. I'm in. I'm in. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll put it together. Oh, dear. <laughs> Anything awesome. else in the Jordy Files? That is it, folks. Thank you so much. Jordy Files. Hey guys, <laughs> if you got to binge all the Geordie Files, hit us up on the web at jncpodcast.com and click on the Geordie Files link to watch them all. The time has come. We're going to put Bob Green on the hot seat in this rapid fire interview inspired by the late, great James Lipton host of Inside the Actor Studio. We'll see you inside the Lipton Tea. Perhaps. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Inside the Lipton Tea. I'm Brad Brock playing the part of Mr. James Lipton, and I'm here with singer-songwriter Bob Green. Bob Welcome to the show. Are you ready to begin? Well, it'd be helpful if I turned the volume on, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob. What is your favorite word? Fuck. Good. <laughs> it might come up again. What is your least favorite word? My wife said moist. I love it. I don't have a least favorite word. Fair enough. Bob, what turns you on? <laughs> Can we pass this one? Nope, nope. You gave up your pass on the on the on the word. Tinkerbell. <laughs> Whoa, back to Neverland. Ah, good I don't know where you're going back to Neverland. All right, Bob. What turns you off? Shitty people. Oh, yeah, that's a big turn on. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, the oven going off. Oh yeah, that means that there's some something delicious coming out of some there. Somebody else said that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. What sound or noise do you hate? Kids. Just <laughs> general. Just blanket statement, kids. <laughs> Just blanket statement, kids. <laughs> like, I work in the airport that is, you know, <laughs> Disney-related. So, yeah, kids are going to be my least favorite noise. You don't love the joy uh, or the sound of children's joy screaming as they go down the terminal to get to Disney World? No, I do not. It's six in the morning. Screeching. Like little pterodactyl is about to rip your eyeballs out. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. 
Uh, what is your favorite curse word? We already got to that one. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite word. I guess it's my favorite curse word. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> now, what profession other than your own would you like to try? Do I have to be good at it? No, sir. Pro surfer. Pro <laughs> surfer. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Now, what job would you not do under any circumstance? Daycare. Daycare. <laughs> that makes sense. Interweaved. I see what's going on here. It's very consistent. <laughs> now, finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Man, that's deep. <laughs> um, You weren't too much of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> awesome. Not too shabby, Bob Green. <laughs> well, you guys, put on those thinking caps because when we come back, it's time for Name That Tune. But how about another tune from Mr. Bob Green? All right, there's a, there's a good chance I'm going to screw this up. Obviously, I'm not playing shows. I'm not practicing songs. Um, Brad, did you ever watch the show uh, Penny Dreadful? What was the show one more time? Penny Dreadful. I don't. I don't think that I have. To be honest, okay. I wrote this song while watching Penny Dreadful. So. <laughs> to be fair, I don't. It might make sense to you. If I don't not. watch a lot of television, um, but you are the second guest that we've had that wrote a song after watching television show. That's what I pretty much did all quarantine was write songs about TV shows and movies. Brilliant. <laughs> so, all right, it's called it's called the next full moon. I'm gonna lie, just give me 
record no Is, no no that's on the, the the next record ah on the on the future horizon record oh well, i really like that tune yeah i like that too thanks i was just creeping that whole show while you were playing it too like the whole cast and everything it's but, if you like horror like any any i mean dig like old horror like frankenstein and dracula uh-huh You'll dig the show. The the song's kind of about the relationship between two of the characters. Oh, interesting. It's so interesting. Like one of, one of them's a werewolf. So I, that's where the whole like next full moon reference comes from. Makes uh, sense. Uh, It'd make a sense. Yes. Huh. That, might be, that might be like, something like, I, I check that out. Song one day, like waiting on a buddy to come over because well, like one of my friends like I want to come over and play guitar. So I was like, well, I guess I should just screw around and play guitar until he gets here. <laughs> and I wrote the song in like I think ten ten minutes or so. Oh wow! <laughs> Amazing. That's Oh, that's how I write most of my songs. Most of my songs are like a 10 to 15 minute process. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Uh, and my wife came home and I was like, hey, check this out. Like, what do you think? And she was like, this is about Penny Dreadful, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it's about Penny Dreadful. Oh, that's awesome. Songwriter to songwriter. I do have a question. Uh, do you do you try to write often? Like, um, Or do you feel like it comes through you pretty pretty? often where you're you're jotting tunes down all the time or you maybe force yourself to to write often to keep your chops up man no honestly dude like i just i you know like i think it's more of just having free time and then if i have free time i'm screwing on my guitar like something normally comes out like i've kind of learned how to just find like a groove like once i find a groove then it's just finding a lyrical jumping off point like i wrote this song and it sounds like it's a breakup song but it's literally like there's these three hot sauce jars on my fridge that are in skulls that was my lyrical jumping off point <laughs> for this for this breakup tune was these three hot sauce jars so yeah like I, you know if i have time to myself then I'll just write. Like when I was in quarantine, my wife went back to work. I was like, okay, I'm going to write a song every day. And within, you know, I'd set aside like two hours a day, just throw on the TV and write. 
And usually I'd be, you know, within like 30, 30 minutes, I had a new song out. Then I had to stop. I was like, okay, I have a whole new, I have a whole full record of stuff. And <laughs> that's just going to frustrate me because I still have to pay for this record. Yeah, no, no kidding. I feel like but, uh, you, you already have the name of the record built in. And as most of it has been inspired by television, uh, I feel like it's got to be something in that, in that, uh, in that realm. <laughs> I think it's. I think the next record's gonna be called the next full moon. Like I really like that song as a single. Sure. And I think artwork wise, like I've already got cool ideas for artwork wise and some of the artists that I work with. So I think the next record's gonna be called the next full moon. Awesome. Well, I'm look. I'm looking forward to that, and of course, to back to Neverland coming up pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, that'll be like five years down the road by the time I fund that thing. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Well, you guys, it's time to test your knowledge of popular music in a game that we call Name That Tune. Yes, yes, yes. The rules are simple, yet confusing. You put your guests (laughs) down in the chats and comments while we guess here in the lounge and on Skype. At the end of the game, we'll be making two drawings tonight. One is for tonight's winner, and one is for the monthly raffle drawing. So we hope you play along. Tonight's category is... Pop versus Soul. (laughs) We'll have a mix of pop tunes and hit soul tunes. Let's play. Are you ready to play, Bob? Yeah, yeah. So uh, what I what I didn't do was I don't know if I let you know to have a um, have paper or like index cards or anything available. So just hang on to your guesses. We'll play the trust game, and yeah. uh, and because we we like to. There's a little bit of a delay. <gasps> oh, do you have it? Oh, look at you! Okay. <laughs> nice. All right. So we're going to do is you're going to get you're going to put your guests down on the paper. We're going to wait for our live viewers to maybe chime in if we have anybody playing along in the game. And uh, and then we'll go around and we'll show what we got here uh, on the show. So first clue. Here we go. Ah, here it is one more time for you playing at home. That is a pop tune, just uh, in case you didn't know. (laughs) All right. All right, you guys got your guesses down there, Bob and Jordan. All right, Jordan, let's see what you got. I tried to draw the symbol, too. Oh, the symbol, not, not too shabby. <laughs> I don't think that's the symbol, though, but it's okay. <laughs> Good enough for me. Bob, what did you have? Uh, Prince, when doves cry. Yeah. We got it. You got it. Q Roberts tuning in on YouTube. Oh, got it as well. Nice. Excellent. Well done. All right, you guys. Next clue coming at you. Oh. little bit more obscure this is in the soul realm here it is one more time all 
a hint is that 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 clue leads right up to the hook, the hook of the song. <laughs> what about you guys out there in internet land? Any guesses? Internet land. Internet land. <laughs> Here it is one more time for you. Squeeze don't tease Don't. Any 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 guesses, Bob? No. Like. <laughs> what about you, Jordan? Um, I put "Power" by Stevie Wonder. Uh, that's not correct. Oh. But you you might ought to keep uh, that Stevie Wonder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. I knew, I knew it was in there. All right. Well, since we don't have a correct guess, the name of the song is "Try a Little Tenderness." Otis Redding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Next clue. Here we go. I'm down on my knees. I wanna take you there. Pop song. Here it is one more time. I'm down on my knees. I wanna take you there. I decided to forego like more modern pop songs. Try to keep them in the uh, older realm. I feel like. It's almost an embarrassment to play new pop songs <laughs> or like 2000s pop songs. Oh, I don't even call like today's radio music pop tunes because I feel like it's just what it's just radio music now. You know, like before you had radio music and you had pop and you had rock and you had hip hop. But now I feel like it's all just kind of gelled together. You know. Yes. All right, Bob. Any answers? Like a prayer, Madonna. That is correct. Q Roberts killing it over there on the YouTube channel. It is like a prayer. Woo. What did you have, Jordan? I had that too. Yeah. Like a prayer by Madonna, my Michigander girl. Yep. Well done. All right. Next clue. Right? That was three. Yes. A boy's born in hot Mississippi, surrounded by. Soul tune. Here it is one more time. A boy's born in hot damn Mississippi, surrounded by four walls that ain't so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jordan, what did you have? I feel like this is where Stevie Wonder comes in. You got the artist right. That's it. Oh, okay, great. Half point. Do you have anything, Bob? Yeah, I got Stevie Wonder. But <laughs> that's it. Living, living for the city. It is living for the city. A boy's born nice. in hot damn nice. Mississippi, surrounded by four walls that ain't so pretty. All right, you guys. Next clue. We have six clues. We normally have five, but I wanted to keep it an even balance between pop versus soul. Ah. So here is the next clue. Pop. When the night falls, loneliness falls. 
I'm so much better at the pop. <laughs> Evident. <laughs> Here it is one more time. Not going to lie, song is a complete guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. Whenever it comes <laughs> on, if I'm by myself, you can bet that I'm... Uh, shaking I'm, your groove thing. I'm shaking my groove thing. I'm belting it out. Uh, it's it's horrifying. It really is horrifying to see in real life. Uh, but I... Do a couple of it, it doesn't... The song deserves so much more. <laughs> so much more than me. <laughs> Oh, dude, you've got talent. Like you, you could rock like your own style cover on that. Yeah, perhaps, but I, but I probably won't. Maybe I will. I don't know. You just gave me the boost I might I need. <laughs> Jordan, what did you have for that song? I had "Dance with Somebody" by Whitney. 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 That is right. What did you have uh, over there, Bob? I knew it was "Dance with Somebody." I didn't know who the hell it was. <laughs> <laughs> Half point. Yay! Good enough for me. Uh, Q Roberts, Wanna Be With Somebody. Uh, you're on the right track. And because you did so well before, I'm going to give it to you. He's feeling generous. Yes, basically, because points don't matter in this game whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And final, final soul clue of the night. Here we go. So be back, oh, oh, look out, baby, cause here I come. So good. Here it is one more time. So be back. Oh, oh. Look out, baby, cause here I, come. I feel pretty confident. Pretty confident? All right. What oh, do you, what well, do you... I'll let Bob go first. Yeah? All right. Yeah. Bob, what's your guess? Get ready. The temptation. <gasps> that is correct. Jordan, what did you have? That's what I put too. Oh my god! Oh, I didn't give you a whiteboard. No, it's okay. Oh, though. I'm terrible. Yeah, I'm terrible at this. Oh, good job. <laughs> nice. You guys got the last. Oh, you sorry. just figured out. Please, please. Paul Robertson just tuning in. Said, "Are are you ready?" And that's wrong for tuning in late. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's what you get. We love you, Paul. Thanks for tuning in, brother. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that was that was nameless. <laughs> that was fun. Right? Not too shabby. You guys, uh, it's time for the big raffle. <laughs> da, da, da. Whoa. We got a bunch of names. Um many of these people probably aren't tuning in tonight, but uh that's okay because we're gonna reach out to them and get a winner. But uh let's go ahead and put Q Roberts in the mix because he was our big player tonight. Okie doke. All right. And uh and tell us how many how many people in uh in total do we have for the drawing? Five. Five five for the whole drawing? Yes. Wow. We got a I lot like of those ones. Yeah, we, we got a we got a lot of the same players that play each week, so we just continue to compile them. Yes. We really ought to just we ought to put like a put a tick in there for each time. But anyway. Oh, that's true. Uh we're always learning here on, on the podcast. So, Bob, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a drum roll. And at the end of the drum roll, you're going to pick a number one, two, three, four, or five. And they're going to be our winner for the big raffle for the month here. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Four. Who's number four, Jordan? 
Kevin. Kevin McLaughlin. Nice, Kevin. A show regular, a great guest, and a uh, avid viewer of the podcast. So we love you, Kevin. We'll see you soon. And you got some cool stuff. And it's even better because I see him regularly. So I'll be able to give it to, to deliver it to him and maybe, not have to ship it. <laughs> maybe some salsa. Ah, maybe maybe some salsa. He's not allowed to carry it, though. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Yay. Not at all. Well, you guys, uh, where am I at in my life? Where are uh, we? Jordan, are you ready to get pumped up? Yes. Yes. Bob <laughs> Green, are you ready to get pumped up? Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> you guys, I'm so glad. Giggity. Take some notes. <laughs> This is your midweek motivation. Welcome to your midweek motivation. Today's lesson is on having faith. You guys, I know it's tough especially in today's society and the ability to literally know everyone's opinion. But sometimes you have to have faith in the process. Now, there are a lot of things to put your faith into. So tonight, I just want to focus on your plans. You've done all the research. You looked up every how-to video, all the reviews. You've considered all the scenarios. All signs point to go. But you're stalling. Are you afraid of failure or worse? Are you afraid of success? All of this is completely natural and normal. And sometimes you have to have faith that your preparation is enough and go for it. If you fail, you learn. If you succeed, then it's on to the next challenge. Have faith in your abilities. Have faith in the process. Get out there and be the best that you can be. I'm Brad Brock, and this has been your midweek motivation. And he approves this message. <laughs> when we come back, we'll go around and shamelessly plug all the things that we've got going on and what you should be checking out. But first, here's one more tune from Mr. Bob Green. All right. Uh, there's a good chance I'll screw this up because it's another new tune, but uh, in honor of being on the show with you, I gotta do the song I wrote called Pirate's Life. Love it. Thank you. 
for me mate I like that one please tell me that's going to be on the upcoming record <laughs> oh it's not going to be on the upcoming record no 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 sorry it's uh, someone just like you get text messages on your phone it's like, yeah no no that, <laughs> it's not on this record it, it, it would be on the, the next record ah, the teasers I love it that has great like gang vocals you know like I feel like you know the yoho uh, is is solid. That, that, that was literally like that the first bit of quarantine, watching like every pirate thing that we had, like every Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the whole Black Sail series. If you've never seen, <laughs> is pretty amazing. Amazing, like, yeah. So yeah, I was like, okay, I'm I, pirating, dude. So I'm gonna rip off this yoho yoho pirates life for me thing, but change it up. I love it, man. Yeah. I you know I. I when I write, and I'm, and, and I'll be completely honest, I'm so envious of writers like yourself that um, can see something, interpret that internally, and then create brand new art out of it. Like for me, it has to be like some some crazy turmoil in my life to like write songs that that I can look at and go, "Oh, this is a great tune." Um, not even turmoil. I, it has to just mean so much to me. So I write very, very indiscriminately, you know, like very sporadically. And um, 
and I, I find that I, when I'm happy, I don't write as much. It's it's crazy. It's like uh, it's the best curse because I'd much more I'd much rather be happy than uh, be a a uh, miserable successful songwriter. You know what I mean? You know, like honestly, I was I was I was a lot like that. And then when I, like I said, when I got picked up by that company that wanted me to write country music, and then you're like, you're thrown into that. Okay. Like you need to write me five songs by Monday. You just kind of like, it taught me a lot about detaching from what I was writing from and just write a story, you know, and, and find a story. So like watching a movie or watching a TV show, like you can kind of dive into that character and write a story about that character write a song about freaking like like said back to neverland it's about a concert poster yeah like, just it's it's like you you develop a you just write a story in your head and, and you put it to put it to a melody that's all it, that's all it is it's just making up a story it's very cool i might actually put this to the test for myself i might i might actually try to uh try to try to test this out and see and see how it works for me <laughs> we'll see we'll see maybe there's another brad brock record on the horizon with that with that concept there needs in mind. to be another brad brock record on the horizon man i love your music dude like thanks man yeah the latest one the once upon a bottle of rum that record is, was really that was the end of my tumultuous times and uh and you know the the cruise ship life and and all that came with that and that was really all the songs that came out of that entire experience and um you know ever since then like you know i I mainly blame jordan for blowing her nose (laughs) on the podcast you're making me tear up (laughs) oh that's what it is (laughs) i blame her for being literally the coolest chick on earth and uh and and i'm i'm so content and happy that I uh, like music is is less of an escape than it is uh, a way to to continue this awesome life that we have together. So, not to get super mushy, but uh, oh. but you know it, it's it's the truth, man. <laughs> right, like, uh, I'm content and happy. Song like yeah, they're, they're, that that genre does exist. Like, <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> I'm content and happy. Like, I mean, you've got this very like. It's like you've got this Jimmy Buffett vibe meets like you're a good guitar player. <laughs> Shame. Like, I mean, just like the whole like Florida lifestyle, like you, you've got that vibe, like that Florida Island vibe, but you like a really good guitar player. So it's like a little bluesiness mixing your, your music. So like you could, you could just write like happy songs. Like it's not hard to be happy. I, I guess bob green i guess it's easy to write happy songs. i'm just kidding i'm teasing man um <laughs> well i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot man i'm going to uh i'll, I'll write with you if you want man we'll write oh, together don't you threaten me with a good time <laughs> dude I'll, I'll, i'm down awesome i need to come up and visit you one of these days and and soon uh i miss yeah. it up there we gotta we gotta get together and have a drink and uh and chat and chatting in person this is great but uh but it's always good to to meet up um well you guys uh we're gonna move into our next segment and it is that time of the night jordan what time is it it is shameless plugs shameless plugs (laughs) 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 well you guys we're going to let our special guest, Bob Green, kick off our shameless plugs tonight. 
Bob, tell us what we should be looking for, when we should be looking for it, and where we can find everything Bob Green. Um. So, yeah, look for the Kickstarter. We're really close to our goal. Um, the, I don't know what's happened, but look for the Kickstarter. We're really close to our goal. Um, you can find it on Facebook.com slash Bob Green Music or Instagram.com slash Bob Green Music. Um, the shirt that you can get is really rad. It was designed by Dan Jones Tattoo, who's over in London. There's a lot of stuff for selling clothing. That's how I found him. Or get the new record. Multicolored vinyl. Like a, like kind of like it's gonna hopefully look kind of look like a sunset over water on the vinyl. Um, that's all I got. Dude, it, I'm so stoked about oh man, this thing my my keyboard is giving me some shit tonight. It's like <laughs> popping over to cameras that don't exist. Anyway, um yeah, uh I'm super stoked about that vinyl and, and how dope it's gonna look. So we'll definitely be checking out for that. And we're gonna put a link to that Kickstarter in the show notes for this this show so if you guys are listening to that go check that out and even watching it on youtube or wherever you're watching the rerun you can go check that out jordan any shameless plugs for you tonight um no 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 shameless plugs for kleenex i'll let you take it away (laughs) they're actually facial tissues oh yes for your face yes where your nose is yes for your noses perfect yes I'll let you. I'll let you cover them tonight. Perfect. Thank you for asking, though. <laughs> You're so very, very welcome. <laughs> well, you guys, my shameless plugs tonight. As always, I'd like to thank you all for hanging with us tonight live. As always, we invite those of you catching the rerun to join us for our live shows on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Wherever you're tuning in, please like, share, follow, and subscribe to the show. A huge shout out to our sponsors and partners at The Code Rum, Hop Life Brewing, The Treasure Coast Rum Cake Company, Todd and Laura at TCNightlife.com, the best live entertainment calendar on the Treasure Coast, Snorkel Corn Entertainment, Treasure Coast Entertainment, The Sneaky Tiki in downtown Stewart, and Drizzly. Drizzly. Well, you guys, I've got a few shows coming up this weekend. You can catch me tomorrow night at 5.30 p.m. at Manatee Island in Fort Pierce. On Friday night, I will be at Hop Life Brewing at 7 p.m. On Saturday afternoon, I will be at Costa de Esta Resort in Vero Beach at 2 p.m. And rounding out my short but wonderful work week, uh, I will be at our friends, the Sneaky Tiki in downtown Stewart. I will be there at 2 p.m. So please come and check me out at my one man band show. Um, what else do I have going on? Other shameless plugs. You guys, if you haven't checked out the JNC radio um, or our JNC radio, you're missing out. We're spinning the best local music, including music from Bob Green. And we are mixing it with the best indie pop and hit tunes that you're going to find anywhere on Earth in your ear holes tune in on the free live 365 app or on the jnc mobile app speaking of the jnc mobile app it's here in all of its glory check out our local entertainment calendar powered by tc nightlife listen or watch the podcast and tune in to jnc radio right from the app it's free from the app store and google play check it out it's awesome
It's awesome. A few other podcasts to check out. Our good friend Paul, who's just tuning in at the Drums and Rums podcast. Go check him out. The 561 Music Podcast. Living and Loving with Monique McCall and Being a Musician with Flint Blade. These shows are available wherever you get your podcasts. This has been my shameless plugs. Oh, thank you. Well, you guys, as we're winding down the show here, uh, I want to thank I want to thank you all again for hanging with us tonight. Uh, I certainly had a blast. Give it up once again for our friend and special guest, Mr. Bob Green. Just freaks 
is one of my favorite tunes from you man and that goes that goes way back yeah way back because that was uh that was on pop versus soul but that was that was a song that you had been doing way before that record right yeah it was it was on the record before but i just never felt like it was produced right and then i got the chance to record with justin beckler oh yeah so good so good. yeah well, you guys, once again, give it up for our special guest, Mr. Bob Green. Thanks for being here, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me. We found you. Enjoyed you want to come up and stay in Orlando. We've got the spare room for you, so yes. just hit me up. Please. Awesome. We're, we'll, we'll definitely take you up on that. Oh, Either way, you. we, we got to get together, man, and uh, and and collaborate, have a drink, play some music. We're definitely pull go together. Go to Disney World. Yeah, go to Disney World. I think we're definitely. <laughs> I, I want to pull together the Yacht Pub reunion. We should pull that together and get Brett and Tim and CJ and all those guys back together and uh, and maybe have a jam somewhere up your way. But uh, I'll have the bottle of scotch ready for you, my man. Uh, yes. Don't threaten me with a good time, you guys. <laughs> give it up for my partner in crime, is Jordan Taylor. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Well, you guys, join us next week for another fun episode of Jams and Cocktails. Until then, drink some water, have a little faith, and be on the lookout for Back to Neverland from Bob Green, broadcasting live from the legendary JNC Lounge. I'm Brad Brock. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>